Welcome to the Story of God podcast, where each episode helps everyday men and women see how they fit into the grand narrative of God's redemptive plan. Here's Ezra and Janelle. How can a yoke be easy? That's what we're looking at today in Matthew chapter 11. I mean, the meaning of yoke is a burden, right? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a conundrum, or what's the word that you should use for this? I think I'm getting the wrong word. A mystery, an oxymoron. There we go, oxymoron. A parad- uh, uh Not a parable. No, par- not par- a parable. Par- paradox. Paradox, thank you. <laughs> this is why you tune in each day to listen to this uh, cutting-edge application here yeah, to your there life. we go. <laughs> Matthew chapter 11, a powerful passage. Once again, here we go. When Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up. And the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. Then he began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done, because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You will be brought down to Hades, for if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. 
Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, Matthew 11, there's, again, so much that you could get into in this passage. But the whole idea of God's burden, right, and his yoke. If you go to the last verse that we just read, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And just that sentence, I remember several years ago, Janan, um, had the chance to go and listen to Vance Pittman, and he just shared about how this passage really came alive in his life. Early on, especially in his ministry years, he really struggled, and he felt the weight of constantly doing things on his own. And how heavy that felt, where the weight of the church was all on him. And he just constantly lived with a sense of weight. And I, mean, I, I know I've carried that over the years. And mm. this has been something where we've struggled to understand what's that balance, right, between not being lazy and doing your part, but then also resting and trusting God. This is something that I know I struggled with for so many years. And the picture that Jesus paints here is really, you know, that of an ox right, carrying this yoke, this heavy, heavy um, farm equipment on it and plowing it, right? And and um, I think he's kind of comparing it to the Pharisees and the religious people and all of these weighty things they had placed on the people that you have to do this and you have to do this. And a lot of it was in their own strength. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. They, they weren't doing it through the power of God, they were, they're following all of these rules, um, on their own strength. Yeah. One of his biggest criticisms, you give them all this weight, right? Jesus speaking to the religious leaders, but then you don't even lift a finger to help them. Mm. And that's the problem of intense legalism. That's the problem of when everything becomes about rules, uh, you end up imposing a lot on people and making people carry things they were never meant to carry. You, you ever watch someone that's come out of maybe like a heavily legalistic uh, upbringing? And what's so interesting is when you have conversations with people like this, over and over again, there's this intense weight that they often carry. Uh, many times uh, they're plagued with guilt and shame and fear. And there's this heaviness that they carry because um, for them, the Christian life is not what Jesus would describe here. It's, it's the exact opposite. It's not light. It, it feels very weighty. And that's not God's plan. God's plan. I mean, we are human. We are so um, unable to do what the law calls for. And that's why we need Jesus. That's why he came. And that's why he died for us to take away that burden. But you mentioned, uh, the, the ministry too, and how heavy a ministry can feel. And sometimes we take the weight of rules or we take the weight of those kinds of things on us, but we can also take the weight of, um, I love Jesus. So I want to do all these things for him, but we forget to, uh, have him, 
<laughs> go before us and some, or we have, we forget to have him be beside us, whatever in the ministry and the, the thing that we're trying to do for him. And, um, the weight gets heavy. I remember one Christian leader saying, I remember waking up one day and realizing the work of the ministry was destroying God's work in me. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. And that's quite a, um, a jarring statement when you think about it, but so often that can be the case. And, and I think if you're someone, if you're listening to this and you really are struggling with this, one place I would just invite you to start um, on the Monday Christian podcast last year, we had a gentleman named Dane Ortland, and he wrote a book called Gentle and Lowly and just such a phenomenal book that would, I think, really encourage you and give you a greater perspective of who Jesus is. If you've really lived under the idea that the Christian life is all about a set of rules, and there are rules, there are there are laws that God puts for our protection, but if that's been your um, how you view God as a taskmaster who's just standing over you waiting for you to mess up, uh, his book adds a lot of balance to that. So just a couple of other things here, Janan, that I think it's really important to get into. The first several verses here of chapter 11 goes to the story of John, right? John's in prison. And this is so interesting because verse two, I'll just read this. It says, now when John heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? And I put in my notes here, um, this is a question of, is Jesus the Messiah, right? Because John's current situation does not match what he thought the Messiah was to accomplish. Here's John the Baptist. He's sent as the forerunner of Jesus Christ. He's, he's telling of the day when um, Jesus will come. And yet he's having questions now because where he's at, he's in prison. And this certainly doesn't match up with where he thought he might be uh, at the beginning of his ministry. And isn't that always when we want to know for sure that we know who Jesus is, when we're about to make a great sacrifice or um, we have, you know, surrendered everything we have sacrificed, we want to know, is God who he says he is? Is Jesus going to do what he said he's going to do? Like, is this real? Like, sometimes I think we, we have those questions when we're in a hot spot. And what's, what's really neat is when you know jesus responds he says this go and tell john what you see or what you hear and see the blind receive their sight and the lame walk lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up and the poor have good news preached to them you know he doesn't just go in back and he could have easily had them go back and say yes i am exactly the one but instead he says no no, no. you go back and you tell all the things that you're seeing and hearing. And Jesus often does this in the way that he talks. People would ask him a question, but he'd respond a little bit differently than maybe they wanted him to answer. And when I have those doubts and I'm wondering, wait, is this, is this real? (laughs) A lot of times I will just think about what Jesus has done. And I will think, you know what? Jesus did this in my life and that was real. Or I saw I saw God move this mountain or answer this prayer. Or I remember the time that he um, solved that problem, (laughs) you know, and, and I remind myself kind of of those, um, those moments where I knew, wow, God is real. Jesus did this. Like he, he's the miracle 
God that is still working today. And I think uh, it's always it's something we can point back to is those moments when we have known beyond a shadow of doubt, that was God. I, well, I had one of these moments the other day. We were coming home from the rescue mission and I was driving with my two kids, uh, Zoe and Zika, take them to the rescue mission and I'll speak there. And they do a great job listening. And one, you know, I like to have our kids pray. So Zoe loves praying for people. And I, I'm not one of those people where I'm just, okay, so every prayer that even has a twinge of being answered, hey, God answered your prayer. Because I think that can um, that can create false expectations. But I really do believe in the in the prayer of kids and, and praying in front of your kids and helping them see ways that God is working. So here's a simple one. Um, I think it was just, no, it wasn't. It was just after the rescue mission. Anyways, I had uh, ended up having a little, our youngest, Azeli, in the car as well. So there was three of them. And Azeli is crying and crying and crying. And it's like, <laughs> there's no peace, right? And we're, we're driving back home. And I, I said, here, let's, let's just pray for Azeli right now. And she had been crying for like 15 minutes straight. And it was just, you know, merciless. Right. And so I have my hand on her head and I just prayed. I said, God, would you let Azeli know how much you love her and how much we love her? And it was crazy, Janan. You I mean, you weren't there, but instantly, like instantly it stopped. Mm-hmm. And, and Zoe was like, Hey, she's asleep. And it was just, it was just amazing because it was like in that moment, what was even more important to me was like, I just kind of sensed God say, you know what? Even this simple thing, yeah. I care about her. I care about you. And I have a way of speaking even to like little kids at her <laughs> age that she's cared for. And I took that moment to share it with Zoe, you know, Zoe, we just prayed and, and seen that. That's amazing. I love that story. I hadn't heard that before. So well, I didn't tell you. No, yeah. you didn't tell me. That's yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Just just those little things. And I could just imagine what John would be thinking when he receives us back. He, he's probably yeah. so discouraged. And then he's like, wow, okay. God is actually working in, in the midst of this. Yeah, he didn't have the news in, in jail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and thank God, his grace shows up in different ways when, when we need it. And verses 20 through 24 highlights this a little bit. It We won't get into this too much, but it says, Woe to you, crows, and woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. And just a quick note there, um, that means that God's grace is revealed to people in different ways. It's extended to people in different ways. And so sometimes people might receive more grace, but there there's always sufficient grace. We're always given enough to accept and, and walk in all the light that we've been given. And so if we've been extended much grace, then we need to extend that well to other people. And we need to use the grace we've been given in our own lives too, and not take it for granted and not abuse the fact that um, when God gives us a message or he gives us that grace, we need to take hold of it and we need to use um, the knowledge and we need to use the forgiveness or the, the mercy that we have been given. So as you go through today, I hope that you got something from our Matthew 11 study here to take with you and that you will put your faith into action. 
Thank you for listening to the Story of God podcast. For more info on this program or to access other resources that will help you turn Sunday belief into Monday action, please visit themondaychristian.com. That's themondaychristian.com.